reporting from the Connected Health workshop at the 5G Forum here on the campus of the Jacobs School of Engineering at UCSD. And it is my pleasure to introduce you to Charles Boise, who is the Chief Innovation Officer at a company called ClearSense. Tell us a little bit first up about ClearSense. What, what does ClearSense do? Sure. So uh, ClearSense is a healthcare analytics um, organization um, based on the work that I did at the University of California, Irvine, as well as um, Stony Brook Medicine. So it's a cumulation of academic work over about eight years, then transformed into the, um, into the into industry. Um, so ClearSense, as it applies to you know what we're talking about today with you know 5G, um, is around what happens outside of the hospital. ClearSense does analytics in real time with what happens within. We also do outside of the hospital. So this is um, identifying patients, chronic patients, diabe- diabetic patients, um, congestive heart failure patients, um, and other comorbidities. Uh, identifying those patients that are at a very high risk of returning. Uh, back to the hospital, returning back to the ER, and then um, wiring them up, if you will, um, and then bringing that information back, running analytics, and then notifications to caregivers that, you know, something, you know, needs to be looked at with the patients and giving those patients feedback to you know how they're doing within their environment. Um, and again, you know, this all runs you know, wirelessly, and, you know, we're here, you know, as part of the, you know, the 5G, you know, healthcare event to, you know, really understand, you know, how 5G is going to allow us to do that even better than what we had done in the past. So um, we'll be able to bring larger amounts of data quicker, analysis will be done, and then back to, back to the devices and back to the patients. It'll also allow us to do a lot more with, with imaging, a lot more with video, um, and, and so forth. So, you know, there's a lot of advantages to, you know, the promise of 5G. So we're, you know, very much looking forward to, you know, kind of continuing our work in, in, in that regard. Um, so you were ahead of your time because you're talking now about the long-term post-acute care marketplace, which hospitals have traditionally ignored. Now post-Affordable Care Act, re- readmission penalties and the focus on quality, it's a whole new ballgame. Yeah, it, you know, it's interesting that you said that, you know, ahead of the time, if you will. So I actually started doing this work back in 1994 um, at L.A. County, USC, as, as part of the U- USC group. But it was really interesting at that time. We did a lot of this predictive work, a lot of the predictive analytics. But clinicians, I being one of them, were not ready at the time to, um, to embrace, you know, machine learning or predictive algorithms to, you know, identify and or promote, um, you know, therapies and stuff. Uh, we made the mistake back then of calling it prescriptive analytics. Um, and, you know, who wants a machine to, you know, tell them what to do? So this concept of artificial intelligence, you know, can be kind of scary to, to you know, to, to us. You know, what the heck? Um, so we've kind of flipped that a little bit. And what we call it is intelligent assist. So we flip the I and flip the A. So what we do, monitoring, whether it be in the home or whether it be in the um, hospital environment, you know, doing surveillance. So we take, because of the technologies that are available, we take all that information in real time. So feeds off of the physiological monitoring systems in, in one second times, ventilators, all of that, um, bring it together, and then put out information such as, hey, you know, in the last half an hour, you know, the blood pressure's dropped, 
heart rates increase, urine outputs decrease, and hey, look, some of these other clinical correlates, you know, labs and so forth have come in. Um, something may be going on here. It may be not. But we're just identifying that, you know, this is what's going on, and you might want to, you know, take a look at not telling you what to do, but just saying, hey, you know, we've got this surveillance system and, and so forth. And we've done this work even to, um, even to advance early sepsis detection within the hospital environment. And now with, with you know, this, this, this capability, we can even advance that even further out in the home where we can then, you know, provide a, a much better feedback loop to the patients that, you know, ultimately we hope that they manage their care or other caregivers, caregivers being family members or, you know, uh, friends or, you know, f folks from the church and whatnot, they can get involved as well. So by providing at the home, then we take the burden off the healthcare organization. But since we're still monitoring and surveilling, if some attention needs to be made, then we can route that to the proper person, whether it be a care coordinator or a care coach, and not just flood a physician's, you know, EMR um, inbox, if you will, with um, 1,200 blood pressures, you know, 1,200 glucose readings and so forth. Because the last thing a clinician wants to do when they wake up in the morning is, you know, come in and go to the EMR and, you know, see, oh my God, I don't need to see all this stuff. So we take care of that and then just send what's, um, what's pertinent at the, at the time. It's a growing clinical informaticist community. The chief medical informatics officer is a relatively new title. The chief uh, health informatics officer and the chief nursing informatics officer all new, relatively new roles in this uh, emerging ecosystem. And, and it's, it's, it's great, too. And the reason it is, you know, being a clinician as well, um, and, you know, I'll kind of step back a second. Um, I was the president of the American Nursing Informatics Association and just recently became the past president. And our organization, you know, is the organization, you know, for nursing. And, you know, we have 300 or 3,500 members, and that's been growing steadily uh, at AMA, AMIA, um, the same thing. So what's really, really cool is, you know, Who's working with these systems? You know, we are, the clinicians are. So um, organizations are realizing that there's a lot more value to us than what they've been using us for, which was basically EMR implementations over the, the last seven, seven years or so, that there's value in us, you know, setting the, in conjunction with the CIO and other strategic officers, but really setting the, the direction for organizations. And, you know, a CNIO represents, you know, nursing. Um, CMIO uh, physicians, and now the the you know the chief um, health informatics officer you know really represents the entire organization, including research, because there's a research component of the secondary use of this data that you know sometimes we don't always you know think about, but um, that would be under the privy. And we're even seeing clinicians um, with roles such as uh, chief data officer, and we've seen several of those in the last you know year or so emerge, especially in large IDNs, multi-hospitals. You bet. So it sounds like hospitals, health systems, integrative delivery systems are your principal clients. Would it also include a health plan? No, it's, it's interesting that you asked that. So you would think that, you know, these larger organizations would be the only ones that could afford, you know, this type of analytics solution. So we've done things a little bit differently in that we've, um, we've done this in a secure HIPAA uh, cloud environment, and we've done it in multi-tenancy. So we're able to offer those large IDNs all the analytics that we just previously discussed, but 
by doing so, it keeps our cost down, keeps their cost down, uh, less employees. We can give that 50-bed safety net hospital or that 150-bed community hospital the same analytics as the large organizations, absolutely, which is a benefit. And because um, we run on a subscription basis, there's no big upfront cost, right? So you basically just subscribe and if any time during that time that you know hey man this isn't for me well 90 days and and you're kind of out and yes we are seeing an interesting change on the the payer side so the payers to be effective need clinical information for the hospital to be effective they need payer information so we're doing a lot of brokering so um, each gets what they want and um, respecting you know some of the um, the proprietary nature of, of that data. So population health, risk assumption, whether ACO or integrated delivery system are all prime. Yes, absolutely. And we like to, on the population side, we um, our applications are more around, although everybody else would call it population health, it's more about uh, patient relationship management. So we um, took a really hard look at what the hotel service industry is doing to retain customers, what retail is doing to um, retain customers and kind of built that in as a layer for you know population health and if you think about it um, you know retail kind of classifies their their different customers puts in classifications we do the same with registries right with you know diabetics you know CHF and so forth Um, so why not do something similar and then our care coordinators or our clinicians and, and so forth can look at it as a way to reach out to our patients bring them in when necessary and you know be able to follow much closer but look at it as a you know of an outreach um, as opposed to you know kind of the checking off boxes and and so forth so we're here at the connected health workshop fronting the 5g forum at the jacobs uh, school of engineering at ucsd 5g what does that mean to you in terms of scale scope upside headwinds obstacles for your Um, business sure so what i'm I'm gonna go i'm gonna step back a little bit and say what it means for healthcare, which you know eventually you know trickles down to me Um, 5g means that we can do what we do in a high acuity area anywhere so i can bring a icu to your home i can bring an icu to you know a gymnasium as long as i have power and i have um you know a network because of the the bandwidth, um, because of the abilities of you know doing some localized computing, and you know five G is gonna, is, a, is grid with um, you know more of a protocol IP type of base uh, of uh, IP type of you know structure, where you know medical devices can you know have higher priority than anything else. That gets um, high end medical equipment outside of the hospital. So for us, we can do those same analytics outside so let's say you don't need an icu care but you do need you know some level of care and you choose to have it you know somewhere you know somewhere else so we can we can that and you've seen you know mercy health and others where they have the centers where they're doing the you know monitoring these types of environments it allows them to even extend that even further Um, so those are really the you know the benefits um the ability to do image analytics analytics you know utilizing 5g so um to be able to do imaging analytics you got to be able to pass those images break them down analyze them and then send that information back um you need a broadband for that and you know 5g will give us that and it'll give us the um what we need even more important it'll give us the priority as far as traffic goes and how about a moment or a word or two on the value of academic and private industry partnerships moving this needle forward? 
Sure. So my whole life was on the academic side, you know, working with um, working with industry partners, and you know now I have become one, um, which is kind of interesting. So I do all of my development is in in concert with um, academic environments. My recruiting comes from academic environments. So um, these partnerships are absolutely essential, especially when you think about you know early IP and tech transfer to be able to you know work with. You know the creators, and then transfer it into into you know the you know the in industry environment. Absolutely essential.